Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Season 6, Episode 1, Missing Pieces. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Welcome to Level 7. But is it really just another episode of Welcome to Level 7 when we're talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for the first time in over a year or around a year, close to a year? It's It's been a while and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is why we made this podcast in the first place and it's back, season six. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and we are here to talk, here to talk about how <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., fits into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And uh, I'm not alone. There's Agent Samantha over there. Samantha. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, and I'm putting a good face on anyway. Uh, we are going to talk about this episode in two ways. And one way is we're going to talk about it as if it is just another episode. Just another episode. And the other way we're going to talk about it, post-credit, when we can spoil and talk about Endgame, we're going to talk about it as far as how does this fit into Infinity War and Endgame and the MCU in general. And we've got some feedback about that as well. So, yeah. Wow. So, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's back, Samantha. It's back. Yes, finally. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about that this episode, next episode, which we're going to record in a few days, and we'll probably end up getting posted on on Thursday, will be about Cloak and Dagger. So we're doing that. We're bouncing back and forth uh, a little bit. But yeah, <laughs> for a couple weeks, we've got two Marvel shows on TV, which, you know, if you're a DC fan, that's just, you call that <laughs> every day. So nothing against the DC shows. Although if if we still had our friends at the green screen podcast, the, it probably would be something against the DC shows because we were um, pretty much uh, it was fake feuding, but we were feuding with them. And yeah, but that's that's a long time ago. Only longtime listeners know what I'm talking about when I talk about the green screen podcast. That so, was before Stuart and I came on to this podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Way, way before. I remember listening that far back. Uh, okay, so there's a lot to talk about here, but we are not going to spoil Endgame. We are not going to talk about Endgame until past the post-credit scene because some people still haven't seen it yet. So right now, Samantha, we're going to talk about this episode, Missing Pieces, as if it is just a next episode in the series. All right. And in some ways, it might be best to just try and look at it that way. And not, and not think too hard about how it fits in to the whole stream of things. But yeah, I'm I'm actually very positive as it is just as a next episode. We'll talk about how I feel at feel about it as a part of the greater MCU later. <laughs> but this is what actually a really good solid episode. Yeah, it is a solid episode. 
And it's a continuation of what happened last season. Uh, the the previously on was pretty long for this one because it uh, and oh, yeah. art and artful too. It wasn't just here's scenes, but they actually had like um, just some shots of of space, and they have dialogue from the previous episode uh, episodes from the previous season, and showing all the stuff that was going on. But it basically boils down to this: Coulson gonna die, and he and May are on the beach and the rest of the team in a spaceship or the, the Zephyr, they're going to go find Fitz and Fitz is frozen in a cryo chamber. And he's just waiting 70 years so he can wake up into the future that they have avoided. So he doesn't need to wait those 70 years. They can come and get him earlier. So that's where we're starting off from. And our cold open has Fitz in uh, that Cairo 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 Cairo. He's in that cryo. chamber. He's sleeping. <laughs> He's sleeping He's in, in the chamber. Cryo chamber. Yeah. yeah. And Enoch is there. It was nice to see Enoch again. And he is trying to decide what to do about the ship. He says, "I'm going. <laughs> I'm supposed to take care of you for seventy years, and I'm trying to figure out the best way to do that." And as he says that. Uh, there's another great big giant ship that shoots a great big giant spiral beam that reminds me of the spiral shooting thing from Yar's Revenge, only it's blue, and it slices their ship in half. That's our cold open. Pretty dramatic. Yeah. And yeah, here we thought it was just going to be as simple as, hey, let's just find our spaceship that's out there nearby. But no, it is not that simple. So, anything about the cold open? Other, I mean, it's pretty pretty simple. But I actually had watched the scene twice because when they did the wide shot of the ship that they were that uh, Enoch and um, and uh, Fitz were traveling in uh, from the back, mm-hmm. it looked sort. It reminded me for a split second of the Firefly class ship Serenity. Oh. <laughs> And I wasn't watching it that hard because I was trying to get my snacks together. And I looked up and I, all I saw was the profile of Serenity and they were slicing it in half. And I, and I had to rewind it. And I was like, oh, wait, no, that's that's not the front of the ship. That's the tail. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> here's what we get out of that. It's not going to be as simple as it sounds or as it seemed last season to find fits. That's that's a cold open. Did you really expect it to be easy? Did anyone expect it to be easy? No, because then the show would be boring. Well, you know, unless they just wanted to jump into it and and just take off from there. But apparently they don't. We are we are in the Star Trek three of Agents of Shield. We're in the search for Fitz. Yeah. Well, I I don't think it's fair at this point to say to compare it to Star Trek 3. Oh, maybe, unless you're like me and you like Star Trek 3. I actually don't mind Star Trek 3 because you had to kind of go there to get to 4. Yeah, which is worth getting there to 4, yeah. Yes. I just rewatched the motion picture, by the way. Still love it. (laughs) Still love it. So those of you who are listening right now, you can decide if you can continue listening, if you're going to trust my judgment, but still love it. All right, 
so act one uh, it starts with one year later and so here's the new normal Piper Davis Simmons and Daisy are in space looking for Fitz on earth Mac is dealing with some strange activity he is director of shield and trying to do a good job being the director's shield and he They've got the strange thing going on. He's sending strike teams and sending them to Indiana, by the way. They're, they're uh, coming in, into my neck of the woods. And yeah, so that's that's the new normal. And so what's happening in space? Well, Piper and Davis, they're flying through a dramatic situation and they land dramatically. And there's Drillion uh, people coming and they're, they're landing without clearance and... Their story is they're desperate for fuel, so they're forced to land, and they're boarded. And Daisy is waiting for the people who are coming up the ramp, and she has a very, very good control of her powers. And so everyone runs except for the main guy, and the main guy stays. And here's where we get Simmons. So Quake, she's really, really good with her powers right now. That was precision quaking. Yes, yeah. That was someone who's been working really hard in the past year to, to very, to to reach multiple uh, targets that are very very small. I'm impressed. Yeah, well, she took out their guns. Yeah, and of course, if you haven't been listening to the Cloak and Dagger episodes because you're not watching Cloak and Dagger, uh, you should be first of all watching Cloak and Dagger because it's fantastic. But you also maybe haven't heard about how I'm rewatching Agent of shield right now with my kids and we're in the middle of season. No end of season two where Daisy is just learning her powers. She's just figuring it out and she, her bones were getting hurt because the way she was using her powers, she was actually directing it inward instead of outward. And, and so it's kind of interesting to see her right now grow into this basically super powered human. I mean, she is, not just a hero, but it, absolutely a superhero with her powers. And it's it's cool. It's cool. We also see Piper and Davis. Those are two other Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. who have been around for a couple seasons now. And it's nice to see them, you know, do it, having a lot to do in this episode where they're, they're flying the ship. They're helping with the mission and everything like that. Uh, and then we see Simmons. Mm. And Simmons comes out. And she is, she's mean. I mean, she she comes out and is like, hey, you're going to tell us what we want to know. And we're looking for someone and we need to bring him home. That's all we want, but you're going to help us. And that dude is like, no. <laughs> and and we're going to find out what they do with him in a moment. Uh, maybe we should do that. Maybe we should just, should we stick in space? And yeah, then, let's And then go back space. to Earth? Okay. Yeah. All right, so sticking with space, um, where is that in my notes? Okay, so, yeah, okay, so this is new Simmons, but not super new Simmons, because back in season two, again, I've been rewatching that, she was so against the Inhumans when they didn't know what was going on with that, and she's like, we got to arm everybody, we've got to take them out, because these people with powers that they, they've hurt us and we have to be ready to, to destroy them. And so she reacts like this when you get in the way of her or get in between her and something she cares about. 
Mostly Fitz. Which is Fitz, yes. Yeah. So she's brutal with him, with this guy. They're hanging him upside down, and they're torturing him based on his anatomy. And since the gravity he comes from is low, he is not uh, equipped the same way we are, where he's just softer on the inside, basically. And they hang him upside down, and it won't be long before his insides are going to you know, kind of melt into each other. Um, and so he finally does talk. He bought half of the ship that was cut in half, and he is not a part of the, the attack, but he bought half the ship, and he still has it. So they go to the ship. They go inside where they find the cryo chamber, and it looks like he should be okay, but they open it, and he's gone. He is not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, one of two ways they could go with this. It's easy, and we're just going to run back in and fits as part of the group again, or it's hard. And that seems to be the direction we're going in. <laughs> I think maybe this new darker level of Simmons is starting to match up with the darker level of fits that we've seen over the past couple seasons. Hmm. And I'm wondering what exactly happened to her in the past year. And I think we're going to get to the bit I really want to talk about in a second. Um, So if you want to continue, go ahead. I will continue. Okay. So (laughs) she gets inside the chamber. And I'm thinking, what? What? Anyway, she's spending time with it. She's looking for a loan. And Daisy calls it quits. It's time to go, time to go home. Simmons is not having it because she's inside it and she sees a clue. It's an engraving. And the engraving on the inside is the manufacturer's trademark. And that tells them where they need to go to find the place that this thing was made. Of course it has one of those tags. Yeah. Well, of course. I, I'm wondering, did it have like in the alien writing, do not remove under penalty of law unless you oh. have, are the final purchaser of the this One can chamber? only hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to – she's thinking, okay, he he's going to wake up. He's going to see that it's – this is where it came from. And so he, logically, question mark there – she thinks he would go to this planet to try and get a new one so that he can continue sleeping for 70 years. That's logical, yes. No one else wants to go. No one else wants to go. They all have good reasons to go home. Davis has the best one. He has a kid, and he's been gone for a year. Well, they said he hasn't seen his son in a few months, and then that left a bit of an awkward pause, which is one thing I want to talk about because we suspected that Simmons was pregnant at the end of last season. We did. We did because she was doing TV pregnant stuff. Yes. Yeah. And they have not said any – there was a little bit of a pause where she hesitated, and I'm wondering what happened. Are they just going to pretend that those clues weren't – misleading and nothing really happened it it, it wouldn't be the only thing they're pretending didn't happen but i'm going to turn off that stark and and wait until post credit (laughs) okay yeah Uh, but as far as the baby yeah it could be i mean it's it's tv pregnancy stuff right and so it's just these like things like uh she's throwing up 
Mm-hmm. You know, and and she's saying things that have a could have a double meaning, you know. And so, yeah, maybe maybe she was pregnant. Maybe she also hasn't seen her child in months. That's the other thing I was wondering. And she's maybe like handed this child over to a relative or a friend. Who knows? May has some experience raising children, apparently, or she can be a good mother. She might be taking care of the baby. Who knows? I I certainly don't. None of us watching this episode do. Um, yeah. We will, we will find out. But they're not going home. So this is Simmons turning on her team. Where they're going to go home. We got to jump. And so what happens is, as they argue about if they're going to go home or not, a Confederacy destroyer comes. And so they run silent and run deep. That means they turn off all the power so that the ship won't find them. It seems they've been making a name for themselves as they've been going all about uh, the galaxy. Uh, when when they landed and they're doing uh, – they, the, the bad guys or the, the people, the Drillians or whatever, um, they, they do an identity search on Daisy and, and say, oh, it's Quake. And they know who Quake is. And so it's possible this Confederacy ship has been searching for them. But, yeah, they they turn off all the power and they whisper, which is <laughs> – sound doesn't travel through space, but um, it makes Davis well, feel better. There is some sound that does travel through space. Um, you can go on YouTube and search uh, sounds from the rings of Saturn. Yeah, yeah, but that's different than but, being yeah, on a submarine a in the water where you're talking in the submarine could get picked up by radar. Yeah, you know? yeah, and this is space, and yeah, I mean, they're, they're completely different sounds, sort of um, physics going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, I love that they're being dramatic and they're whispering, and, <laughs> and I think it's Simmons that says, we don't need to whisper, and Davis is like, I feel better about it, though. It makes me feel better. <laughs> so... It's yeah. good that it's good that they're traveling with Piper and Davis because you know we need some comic relief there. Uh, so anyway, they may have been spotted and maybe becomes definitely when the destroyer attacks and starts shooting at them. So they have to escape. They dodge the missiles. They're going to use that jump drive thing that we got last season, and she takes over, puts in the coordinates. Simmons does that is puts in the coordinates and she is not putting the coordinates for home and they jump into deep space, which is where that planet is. And it's where no one wants to go. And they're, they've even said earlier now, they don't even know how many jumps they have left in that jump drive thing. So they take off, but they are going to this planet, not to home. So now they have a limit with the jump drive. Maybe. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a Russian roulette kind of thing. Where yeah. they have a limit. They know they have a limit. They're just not sure which one is going to be the last one. And I have a feeling that, you know, they're going to run out. They're going to be stuck in deep space. But it's going to be okay because they're going to find Fitz and they're going to somehow find another way home. But Or they'll find Enoch who can help them. Yeah. Because he yeah. may know the technology. You know, we should actually uh, – there's a couple different options here. They may never find Enoch. He might be dead. True. But which one would they find first? If they're going to find Enoch, they're going to find him first because he's going to end up helping them find Fitz, I think. Uh, 
also because if they find Fitz, their journey is done. They're not going to continue looking for Enoch. But if they True. find Enoch, <laughs> they'll continue looking for Fitz. So. Yeah, you're right. It's more lo- logical to, uh, from a, like a writing sp- standpoint that they are going to find Enoch first. Yeah, yeah. Or somebody that knows him or – yes. So that's them. They're off there now. Uh, our post credit scene – or it's not really post credit, but we call it that anyway – is uh, Fitz working, injecting himself with something in the neck, speaking in alien language snapping at whoever is telling him to get in there and and then he turns around his eyes are weird and he says let's do this so what's going on there who knows <laughs> I, I certainly don't he it's doesn't look like a slave labor kind of situation because he's snapping back at them and seems to be interested in doing whatever he's doing but it seems more like he's joined some sort of gang or yeah. Something. Yeah. Something like that. It reminds me, honestly, of the uh, – it was the post-credit for season – the season finale of season four. I think it was where um, Coulson wakes up and he's in this room and then you see through the window behind him as he's getting ready for work. You see through the window behind him. He's in space. Yeah. And we had no idea what is going on here. Turns out he wasn't just in space. He was in the future as well. But it was really, really weird. And it did bring up a lot of questions. And so does this. So does this. Yeah, and we also learned that's not just any asteroid field. That's home. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we thought he was in the asteroid field. But it was actually Earth had broken up. Well, technically, yes, it was an asteroid field at that point. But that was also home. That was Earth. (laughs) Not the current one that we already know about that we have. Yeah. You know, the one that's between Mars and Jupiter or whatever. Um, yeah, yes. not, not that one. It was a new one created by the Earth. Yeah. Oh, also, um, that reminds me. The aliens that were speaking to um, Daisy and Simmons at the beginning of the episode, mm-hmm. the ones that they end up torturing. Yeah, yeah. They refer to them as Terrans, which I really appreciate when sci-fi shows do that. Because Earthlings doesn't sound nearly as pretty as the word Terran, which means someone who's from Earth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, human. Yes. I mean, that's – yeah. I, I like Terran too. That just feels more sci-fi. Yeah. 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 And Earthling kind of has a ring to the sound and it sounds like 1950s Forbidden Planet sort of <laughs> – well, again, I love that movie, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. yeah. Earthling is what you want to do when you have an alien who is kind of dismissing the the people of Earth. Yes. You know, you're just an Earthling. But Terran is what you do when you want to make it sound like a unique a, a unique race in space. Because human – Human and Terran, I mean, they both mean the same thing, but. Well, although sort Terran, of. Terran could be a dog. Yeah. A Terran is any, any living, breathing, anything from the animal category of Earth. Though I guess maybe plants could be categorized as it. It's any living creature from Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Any. Yeah. Okay. Anything else about space? 
Um, no, because the rest of my notes are about what happens on Earth. Yeah. I'm just going to say I'm intrigued with Fitz. I'm concerned about Simmons. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for them to get together, obviously. And, you know, I used to hate that they were in a good relationship. I used to want them to just be friends and find their own. But, hey, we're here. You're not romantic. And it's cute. Yeah. Ask ask Daniel Butcher from those early episodes we were talking about. But um, but now I, you know, they're together. And uh, the the weird thing is, what's the deal with the baby if there is one? If there is a baby, we have to remember this Fitz is not that baby's father. That baby's father is a Fitz from a different time line where he went, he helped save the earth, and then he went back to the present day with Simmons. They get married. She does all the TV pregnant stuff, and then he's dead. Yes. He was killed, and I hated it. But now they're looking for this old Fitz, young Fitz whatever he's in space but this is not the same fits that actually got married to simmons actually i think this fits um ignoring the 70 years that the other fits was frozen uh the experiences of this fits are actually longer than the previous one because i think that one lived only a few weeks or months following um when everybody else was thrown through time. Yeah, that's true. Because this is one year later. Yes. Yeah. 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 But then again, as we said last last season, this Fitz would accept any baby that Gemma had with the alternate timeline Fitz. Yeah. It just still sets up a really weird situation. And actually, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sets up a weird situation. And we'll talk more about this as we find out what happened. Yeah. Because she's also married to the alternate timeline Fitz. Well, was, now that he's dead. Or was, yeah. yes. Now she she's is widowed. Widowed, yeah. <laughs> widowed by the alternate timeline Fitz. And now there's an alternate Fitz, who Ooh. I don't know if we should call him Prime? Well, it is Prime. I mean, he's from... They're both orig- Prime. They're both from the same timeline. It's just one... Yeah. They, they branched off away from each other. And... I, I like that they're using time travel in this way. It's it's cool. Yeah. I mean, yes, it's hard to get your head around sometimes, but that's part of the fun. And the other part of the fun is just what it sets up for basically relational conundrums. But yeah, we'll find out more as they move on. Okay, on Earth, Mac is dealing with some strange activity, trying to decide what to do about it. And he's sending in strikes teams and... There's these signal spikes in Indiana and there's a rumbling and there's a changing of physical laws as birds fly up from the ground from a portal in the ground and a man walks through a wall and a basketball shatters as it's being bounced. And that man comes through. He's mean, mean looking. They call him Jocko. And he has a friend who's trying to come through but doesn't make it and actually becomes one with the concrete. And May and her team get there. Uh, They're going to attack but they don't because there's children and he shoots them down and throws them into a tailspin. And so then they go back to back to their base, the lighthouse, which that's a cool base. I'm glad that we still have it earthbound. It's fun. I like this. And it has all those levels and all that equipment and mm-hmm. 
it makes sense to continue to use it. Sure does. And they're really getting a lot of use out of it because when we get back to the lighthouse, there are agents there. They've been recruiting agents. And yes. yeah, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. is back. It's back and better than ever. Not really. And uh, <laughs> Better than it was not, last year. <laughs> yeah, and sort of not spoiler alert, later on in the episode, we see that they're using vehicles with the S.H.I.E.L.D. logo on it. And it says S.H.I.E.L.D. Back to the basics, right? Yes. Let's label everything for our secret organization. <clears throat> so they uh, they find out that... First of all, they're trying to figure out what do they call these things, and they're not going to call them anomalies because they used up that word last year. <laughs> and I, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate that. I like how they're having a conversation about things that have happened that we didn't see in, the, in their past year. Well, they they were talking about the anomaly stuff. I think they were talking about the uh, the fear based creatures from the the. Oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah. That's, and I, I think that they're actually saying, you know, this, this is the writers acknowledging, yes, we use that word a lot, you know, and, but what else are we going to do, right? Yeah. So as they're trying to figure out what's causing these anomalies, he's looking for theories. Mac is looking for theories. He's trying to lead. And there's even, he says, we'll even take stupid theories. And so the theory that's brought up is ley lines. And on these ley lines, these are lines of energy on the Earth that uh, it's – it's oh, what do you call that? Crypto science? I don't know. But it's, 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 this, it's this idea that yeah. the pyramids are all built on ley lines that are in line with Stonehenge, that are in line with the Aztec pyramids, that are in line with uh, you know all these different ancient things that – yeah, create these these lines of energy that they're actually tapping into uh, with with all that. And uh, and the guy who suggested I don't have his name here, but he uh, he says, hey, don't look at me like that. You said stupid ideas are welcome and I'm full of them. And Yo-Yo laughs at that a little bit. And so then Mac goes to check in with his boss. So Mac is listening to a hologram of Colson giving him advice. And I wonder, you know, did Colson just say, hey, some of this time, whenever May takes a nap, I'm just going to put on my suit and record myself giving advice for Mac because I want to maximize my time with with May. But but when she's sleeping, it's like me, you know, I podcast when my family's in bed. And, you know, so tonight family went to bed. I came in here to podcast. And, and I think that might be what Colson did for him. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, but it's, or maybe he made this before the, he and May went to Tahiti. Yeah, that's also possible. Yeah, uh, but he's giving advice from Fury. He says Fury always said a man can accomplish anything once he realizes he's part of something bigger, which was a, a couple, couple references there. But the idea, the the main reference was when, um, oh, what's his name? Oh, the the guy who corrupted Grant Ward. Garrett, oh, Garrett. Yes. <laughs> Garrett said, um, you know, you, a man can accomplish anything. You know, that, and, and Fury's like, that's not what I meant, you know. But anyway, Max says he can't be the man Coulson was. And May comes in and says, no, 
you can't because you're you. You're not him. And you got to appreciate that, you know? Everyone, this is is a, a thing that happens. When you pass a baton, pass on a legacy, people want to try to be the person they're replacing. Or if not be the person they're replacing, they're constantly comparing themselves to the person they're replacing. And yeah, Mac, he can't do that because he will never measure up. It's if you if you try to measure yourself against someone else, you will never measure up to them because they are going to be a better them than you can be. That's just the way it is. So you and Stuart can never measure up to Daniel. Oh be- no. Because Daniel is Daniel. And at the you same know what time, we do? Yeah. And you know what we do? We do our own thing. We have right. our own spin on how to be podcasters. Yeah. Which means that we're really, really goofy sometimes. Well, and Daniel could be goofy sometimes. Yeah, but he, Mainly when he's trying yeah. to tease me. But yeah. Yeah. But he could be more antagonistic. Well, we do too. <laughs> A little bit. It's it's more gentle when, when we're antagonistic. Yeah. But yeah. but anyway, um, they're celebrating the one or they're coming up on the one year anniversary of Colson's death, I guess. Uh, and Mac wants to celebrate with a proposal she's working on. And then he mentions, you know, we're doing great on recruitment. We got plenty of muscle. We need brains. So in other words, shield is an old school zombie because shield needs brains. <laughs> Brains. Yeah. So, you want to talk about Mac as as director of Shield? I'm liking him. I think he's good. I'm liking him too. There are little bits about him that make me want to call him uh, Nick Fury Jr. and not low rent TV Nick Fury because I feel like he's a little bit too cool for that kind of com- uh, of comparison. Even though he is not low rent, but He's TV director. He's TV director. (laughs) But so was Coulson. Coulson was also TV director. And, you know, they helped out as as director. He was able to pull together a a whole helicarrier to save the people of Sokovia. Right? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just sticking with with Mac. I mean, he's he's director, but he even says, call me Mac. When he's talking to the uh, the scientists later on, you know, director, he doesn't want that. Just call me Mac. And yeah, it's a different style of leadership. And I think it's a style of leadership that is going to, I think, do well. I just don't want to see him second guessing himself for too long this season because that can get old. That can get old on TV. Actually, in real life, it can get old, too. Yeah. Well, it's what I'm worrying about is, well, not so much worrying about. It's just because we haven't seen the past year, I feel like we should have seen this kind of behavior like earlier in his tenure. But I, but most people a year into a new job position, they're in their stride. They figured a lot of things out. They're doing much better than where he is right now. Uh, maybe. It took me a good two and a half years, I think, to really hit my stride. In my the job that I'm in right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe even three. <laughs> I, and I'm still figuring some things out, but yeah, another story for another time for another place. 
So true. We've got Yo-Yo then training with May and getting relationship advice from May. And May mentions life isn't meant to be lived alone. That's what she learned. She also, when she was talking to Mac, mentioned that she got more time with Coulson than she thought she was going to get. And she's she really appreciates that. But um, I'm just sitting sitting there thinking, this is a lot. She's giving a lot of relationship advice. Uh, and Yo-Yo is thinking the same thing. In fact, Yo-Yo then says, that was a lot of talking. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm still grieving for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or. <laughs> so the advice that she's giving is that life isn't meant to be lived alone. There's a guy and May has noticed that they're exchanging looks and he's joking to impress her. And she's kind of reciprocating by laughing at his jokes. And she's saying, May is saying, you should go for it. You should go for it. Next scene. <laughs> that uh, when we we uh, we go back to the space for a little while, but then when we come back for the beginning of Act Three, uh, it turns out the relationship advice is too late. She did go for it. She is in the relationship with this guy, and he's waiting. He's doing things in her time, but he's afraid of Mac, and he would like to let Mac know at some point so that Mac doesn't find out on his own. Um, I think this agent's name is Agent Keller. That may be the case. I name? did not catch his name. I didn't yeah. catch it. So I'm looking at IMDb and I think it's Agent Keller. So or, oh, they ha- on on IMDb they have two people listed as Agent Keller. That's not good. Hmm. Well, yeah. it's IMDb. It's not always perfect. It, it does give you know odds are that that it might be Agent Keller then, if he's important enough that someone labeled him twice. Well, it's two Agent Kellers with two different actors with two different names associated with that name. So somebody at IMDb did something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So back to Mac and May. Um, They are at a bar. And Mac is just trying to keep his feet on the ground. Keep your feet on the ground and connect it with the people you're protecting. And the way he does that is he he has a weekly routine. Every weekday morning, boss in the morning, beer in the evening, Baptist church on Sunday. So the three B's for keeping your feet on the ground and connected with the people you're protecting. The three B's are boss, beer, and Baptist. So, Sounds about right for a lot of people I know. Yeah, yeah. So her proposal. She brought in someone to help, Dr. Marcus Benson, who is totally not willing to help because he's he's drowning his his own pain right now. Uh, he's lost uh, his boyfriend, and he says, "Fine, I don't want to chase boogeymen with you people, but I'll help you with what you are proposing because what they're proposing is a new Shield Academy." Okay. Cool. Yeah. They want to rebuild the Shield Academy, and we need you to help us on some stuff here because innocent people will die if you don't. And he's like, no, no boogeymen. I will not chase boogeymen with you. And Mac's like, yes, yes, boogeymen. Please, please. And, he, and Benson says, no, no boogeymen. And Mac says, yes. And finally, the guy's like, okay. Okay. 
So they're going to investigate the guy in the wall. They bring in the whole wall (laughs) to their to their base and they're going to investigate this guy. Meanwhile, Jocko is waiting for some people and mentions the bad crossing from the guy in the wall and that Sarge is coming. He's going to need a good crossing and they are going to head there and there's a museum that they're going to go to and they're going to blow it up to help Sarge crossing. Had you seen the previews for this episode? Um, I, I avoided a lot of things. Did you know who, did you know what they were talking about when they were talking about Sarge? No, I didn't. Okay. So at this point I knew what they were talking about because I'd seen the final scene of this episode in the preview. I wish I had released the final scene. Yeah. Yeah. When we get to it, I'll, I'll, yeah. Uh, when we get to it, I'll tell you what it was, but it's to create buzz and yeah. Yeah. Benson's examining the guy in the wall. The guy in the wall wakes up and I tried to write down what he said. I was watching it live and my TV that I was watching it on, I couldn't turn the subtitles on. So it looked like he said, Bachukutik is coming. Bachutukik. Bachukukit. Something like that is coming. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe my ears were just not working at all. But I couldn't figure out what in the world he was talking about. And I think that might have been the intention. But it also just sounds like mumbo jumbo. So a device also falls out of his pocket with coordinates. The coordinates are for the Museum of Natural History in Muncie, Indiana. And How far away is that from you? Uh, it's, it's not too bad. I'd have to look it up in Google Maps. But um, it's it's kind of funny because this is the second thing that they've blown up in Indiana. Because the watchdogs, wow, what did they do? Was it them? They blew up something uh, in in South Bend, actually, Indiana, oh. which is like just five minutes from me right now. But okay, so I'm thinking some of the writers are from Indiana. There's got to be at least one of them yeah. from Indiana because <laughs> they have blown up two things in Indiana, and yeah. So. S.H.I.E.L.D. pulls up to the museum. Those three people who have crossed over from something, alternate Earth, I don't know. It's something that we can't really – it's something we can't really talk about until post-credit because there's some spoiler stuff involved. But um, is it an alternate Earth? It could be. It probably is. And they are putting out bombs. The female member of the group, I didn't catch her name, but one of them called her Snowflake – Comes out with a self-inflicted wound claiming, they have my son, they have my son. And they're like, don't, we'll take care of you. And then just before the museum explodes, she says, don't worry, you'll be a butterfly. And I can't tell if this is some sort of belief system or some sort of insanity that she has. Or if there's some sort of sci-fi thing where there's going to be some sort of reincarnation as butterflies. But she mentioned this about the guy in the wall, too. Oh, he'll be a butterfly. And... All I can think of is the caterpillar from uh, Bugs Life. I'm a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> it's weird because IMDb lists her as butterfly. Well, not sn- not Snowflake. So whoever well, Snowflake works at was IMDb, the nickname. Snowflake was just one line, and he's like, "Hey, Snowflake, you want to go?" I don't think that was meant to be her name. That's just the that quick nickname that he threw out. So Butterfly might be her name on that one. Okay. Yeah. It's just 
If that's incorrect, somebody at IMDb needs a good talking to. Well, doesn't isn't it self-reported stuff? Like anyone can become someone a contributor to IMDb. I think true. It's, it's kind so, of Wikipedia-ish. Yeah. Um. So that means that somebody that works for probably Agents of she- uh, or ABC, the TV yeah, show, yeah. yeah, ABC, put in that information. Yeah. Probably an intern. Okay, so there's smoke everywhere, and this is where the preview trailer starts for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6. This truck blows out of the smoke. It's a Mad Max tractor-trailer truck. It bursts through the smoke, and there's boots, there's skinny jeans, kind of, and it's, I I wrote down in my notes, a skinny jeans-wearing post-apocalyptic Coulson steps onto the scene. And they revealed this in the trailer. And this is the trailer that I posted and said, don't watch if you don't want to be spoiled. Uh, that I, I did that for the Spider-Man one, too. But they revealed that it was Clark Gregg. And he steps in. And, yeah, May is knocked to the ground. Actually, a lot of them are knocked to the ground. But May is the only one who kind of maybe sees that it's Coulson. And I don't know if she could actually focus on him because anything from her POV was was blurry and and it, it focused enough. That you could kind of see him, but they all get the bad guys. Uh, the Mad Max team all gets in the truck and drives away. And then instead of Clark Gregg saying it, it's uh, Ming-Na Wen saying we'll be back in a moment. For that post credit. So I have a hypothesis as to what's going on. Okay. This is a version of Coulson from an alternate universe, an alternate timeline. And I'm going to leave it there because I think that this will have more to do in the after credit. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, Without saying any spoilers right now, I can say this. The people writing the show have said that this show takes place before Endgame. And that's all I'm going to say about it here at this point right now. We can talk with the, with spoilers later, but um, this is um, Marissa, this is Jed giving interviews and saying, we had no idea what was going to happen in the movie. We couldn't line it up with the movie because if we did, and they said this was going to be in summer, but there was a possibility that it could have come back on in January Months before the movie. So even if they knew what was going on with the end game, they had to, they couldn't, they couldn't go past end game. And so they are continuing on and we'll talk about specifics after the credits here, but they are continuing this show as if it's all happening before the end game movie. And it just, it doesn't work perfectly. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. No. But yeah. So does it work as a continuation from season five? 100%. Yes. Um, I'm curious, though. You said something when you first watched it. You said that was interesting and it felt different. What I think that's what you said. What, what were you talking about when you said that? Oh, I forget in what which context I said that. Oh, oh darn. Okay. Well, because <laughs> it, it does feel different in a couple ways. And that's every season with a new normal. Simmons feels different. Quake feels different. 
Mac feels different. I mean, our characters have moved on. And part of, you know, doing a time jump like this is we have to catch up with the characters and find out where they're at and, and, and how they got there. Um, and that's a good storytelling thing. And as long as they don't draw it out too long, it can be, uh, it can be, uh, annoying, but as long as they do what they've done now, already a handful of seasons where they, they jump to a new normal and then they move really fast. That's, that's what I'm hoping for is that they continue that trend. Yes. But, I mean, already, I feel like a lot happened in this episode, even though we're not, you know, our, we have two teams who are separated from each other. We have a whole lot of mysteries going on. There's two big mysteries and it comes down to two characters. What happened to Fitz and what's the deal with Sarge, who is Clark Gregg, not Coulson. Uh, the other thing is, did you notice who directed this episode? Clark Gregg. All right. Any other thoughts here? I am excited to talk about the ap- talk in the <laughs> after credit. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, and our feedback is going to have to all be shared. There's just two, two feedbacks here. Um, one is from Dylan. One is from Daniel. I do want to address something though. And I don't know if this person is going to listen. And so I'm going to be careful how I talk about this, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to do it right now. Okay. And that is, we got a review on iTunes for the podcast and it was, uh, May 12th. So this is a week ago. It's a week old, but I just got it this morning and it's a one star review that, the title of the review is so slow. This is what he says. These guys are doing Punisher season one episodes, 18 months after it came out and just doing runaway season two. Now, when it dropped in December of 19, that's the review. And I tend to read bad reviews more than I read good reviews because I feel like reading good reviews is patting ourselves on the back a little bit too much. And so we will thank people for the good reviews, but we don't always read them unless they bring up something interesting or or do something really, really clever. I read bad reviews because sometimes they give us something to address. And this one gives us something to address. And, and that's this, and and this is for not just this podcast. This is for any podcast you listen to okay any podcast you listen to unless they're like stuff you should know uh you know i I, i'm there's three four ads in in a stuff you should know episode why because they have sponsorships and that's their job you know the, the 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 podcasters who sit down and do stuff you should know they're sitting in a booth more than likely, most of them are together. Although Stuff You Missed in History class, it sounds like they may not be together sometimes. But they have a producer sitting there looking up stuff, recording, watching levels, and all that stuff. It's professional. And they get paid to do it. And so they're putting out two episodes a week because they're doing research and they're getting paid to do the research. They're doing the recording. They're getting paid to do the recording. Now, I am saying this because... This review upset me. And I've learned to not read reviews. I've learned to not be bothered by them if I do read them. For Welcome to Level 7, unlike like Comic Book Time Machine, I don't even know if we have reviews for that that podcast. I don't care for that podcast because that's just a thing I'm doing for fun and I do it when I can. 
Welcome to level seven. I pay a little closer attention because if I know more people care about this podcast and if they care, they're going to leave a, a review. I'm not sure if this review comes from a place of caring, but what it does bring up. And again, this is for 95 to 99 percent of the podcast you listen to. This is a labor of love. And this is something that we find time to do this. If it was just me, I wouldn't even bother talking about this. But Samantha and Stuart both work hard to find time to watch the shows that we're talking about and to record about them. And they've invested their time in this podcast. And not just them. I mean, there's other co-hosts that we've had, you know, Daniel, uh, there's Ben, you know, not me. I would, I I don't talk about myself in the third person. And then there was Evan Evan as well. And so these different people who have helped and they're investing in this. And so the reason that we are not doing Punisher season one right now and, and Runaway season two right now, and that we're doing one episode every week is because we're doing the live shows first. That's just our priority is to do the shows that are coming out week by week. So we did Cloak and Dagger. We shifted from Punisher and Runaways to Cloak and Dagger. And and I just want to say, you know what? We do it because we enjoy it. I'm not asking for anyone to pat me on the back about this. I am asking you to pat Stuart and Samantha on the back for this, though, because this is. But not too hard. I have sensitive skin. Plus, I've also sprained the shoulder doing rolls a couple times. So, okay, yeah, Um, not too hard. The point is, and I'm not asking you to do this for us necessarily, but if you listen to a podcast and you haven't written a review for them and you like them, do it. Do it now. Okay. If you want to do that for us, that's great. But most of you, I think most of the people who are going to write positive reviews for us have already done that. And we really appreciate that. And it's really nice to see. And it's really encouraging to see. But If you haven't written a positive review for a podcast that you listen to regularly and enjoy, do it. Do it now. You know, go out and and write that review for, I don't know, for my awesome podcast. You know, (laughs) go out and write that review for um, that comic book podcast that's done by that guy who just loves Blue Beetle. You know, (laughs) do it for that guy. Um, You know, for those... Those those gals out there who are doing a, a time management podcast, write a review for them because they're doing that podcast to provide you with either entertainment or information. And and if you find value in it, the best thing you can do to support them is to send them a note of encouragement or write them a review. And and this uh, this review right here just makes me it it burned my burn my britches a little bit because. You know, I, I look at what we're doing. I look at Samantha and Stuart working hard and and finding that time. I, I rant over, but I think you probably I hope you can feel where I'm coming from with this rant. Um, oh, I am. OK. And I have a few things to say, too, if you're if you're done. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I don't want to spend too much more time on this because. Yeah, but yeah, okay. go ahead. Go ahead. We usually start recording on one weeknight. Somewhere around, what, 9.30, 10, 10.30, whenever we can. Yeah. So we've already put in full days. It's late. We're tired. And we are here because we love the MCU. Um, yes, we are behind um, on 
the Netflix shows, and, and we, we are fully, behind on fully acknowledge this. Yes, and we do because we have a rule on this podcast: it's real life comes first. Because we do not get paid, as Ben said, we do not get paid to do this podcast. As a matter of fact, sometimes we put money, our own money, into this podcast. I will say this though. We do have the patrons who have been supporting do. us for a while, and it is it's really helped out in paying for hosting and paying for equipment. And it's been very, very nice for me to not go to my wife to say, ooh, hosting is due, uh, to actually be able to say, ooh, hosting is due, and oh, it's taken care of by our patrons yeah. who – yeah. so Which I will get to you guys later. Yeah. Um, so – I have friends at um, Supernatural The Road So Far podcast. Supernatural The TV show is ending after season 15 next year. And they're upset because their show is ending. But they are suffering from podcasting fatigue. So I can kind of tell that it's bittersweet for them. We, on the other hand, cover... Let's see. I just listed six, or I just looked at six. It's Runaways, Punisher, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Daredevil. And we also have Cloak and Dagger and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's eight, plus the movies. Speaking and of plus. Yeah, and then we have Disney Plus coming up with several series. Uh, additionally, I don't think our podcast is going to ever end if it doesn't end up just phasing out. So for this guy to say so slow, I'd like to say, I'd like to put him in our shoes to understand yeah. that this is this is truly a labor of love for us. So that is a real slap in the face. The 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 point is, and and I'm not sure how much of this I'm gonna leave in or add it out. Um, but the the point is, we're just doing what we can when we can, and yeah. and hopefully you're enjoying it, and we are. So that makes it a lot better for us. We're not hitting that podcasting fatigue yet. Yeah. I, well, did, uh, I, I think yeah. I'm more like just exhausted from work. That's my <laughs> podcasting fatigue. I wish I had more time to put into this podcast. Yeah. Anyway, like I said, you know, what we're describing is pretty much the common experience for any podcaster. And, and so, yeah, well, yes, we don't ask for reviews as much as maybe we should. You know, um, we don't ask for people to go to our Patreon page as much as maybe we should. Um, we uh, we just don't. But I am asking you right now, whether it's us or someone else, show appreciation to that podcaster out there. You know, this is just send them a, a note, write them a review uh, and and show appreciation to them because what they're doing is on their own time and on their own dime. And they're doing it for you. You know, they're doing it for you. And yeah, so I probably wouldn't have ranted if it hadn't been for Stuart and Samantha. But my rant, it goes beyond this podcast and goes out to, like I said, 95 to 99 percent of the podcasters out there. Um, 95 to 99 percent. I don't know numbers. I'm guessing I'm pulling that number just out of I'm pulling that number out of wherever Clark Gregg came from when he drove that truck through the smoke. But um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Okay. So long enough, I'm not sure if I, how much I'm going to leave this in, how much I'm going to edit it out. But to those of you who do listen and appreciate what's going on here, we appreciate you. And if you do have uh, feedback, you know, constructive criticism to give us um, that we can actually 
change. <laughs> like, we can't change the speed we're doing Netflix right now. It's just not going to happen. We can't change that. Uh, but if you do have some constructive feedback, yeah, send it our way, you know. And if you disagree with all the stuff we just talked about, send it our way, you know. Feedback at welcomelevel7.com. We would love to hear from you there. And more importantly, feedback about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I want to know what people think about this episode and about this new normal and about how it fits in with the MCU at large. And I've got a couple bits of feedback, like I said, but, um, man. All right. That's our episode. So shall speaking of Patreon patrons, I'd like to thank Andrew Jeffrey tassel zero eight four and blessed cheesemaker. <laughs> thank you all so very much. Thank you. And I also want to thank you as well. So until next time, I just want to say, you know, these are just, this is just my opinion. Just my idea of how you can show appreciation. And don't y'all look at me like that. You said stupid ideas are welcome and I'm full of them. Thanks once more for listening. You've heard us. Now we'd love to hear from you. Just go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback to contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling 17755-LEVEL7. You can also join the conversation by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcometolevel7, or by following us on Twitter, where we are Level7Pod. Our theme music is Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls. You can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, Godspeed. Okay, you heard the music by J.S. Earls. You heard past Ben tell you how you can get in contact with us and how we'd love to hear from you. That means we're going to talk about Endgame. And that means we're going to be spoiling Endgame. And if you've not seen Endgame, you do not want to listen to this portion of the conversation until you have. Because, and this is probably going to be the way it pans out for the next few weeks, um, we have Endgame stuff to talk about. All right. Are you still with us? You've seen Endgame? Good. If you haven't seen Endgame and you're still with us, that's fine too. You know, that's that's fine too. I know some people don't care about spoilers. They don't need to. They can still enjoy it. So let's talk about Endgame, Samantha. Okay. <sighs> no one's dusted on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. No one at all. <laughs> no one. And except uh, maybe Dr. Benson's... Uh, Boyfriend, husband? No, nope. I, but I, he just said he died. Yep, yep. They could have. That I actually made a note there of yeah. that was a moment where they could have slipped in something. I think they thought they were safe by jumping ahead one year. There was no way that the movie was going to jump ahead five years. There was no way that the movie wasn't going to undo what they did in infinity war. 
But the movie people should be talking to the TV people. They're ruining their own product. Uh, okay. So loved it as an episode that's just part of the series. Yes. But the way that it is described now is that all of the stuff that's happening here in this episode happened before the snap. That's what they're saying. It happened before the snap, in spite of the fact that last episode, final episode of season five, showed that invasion scene that clearly didn't happen. The the, the stuff in New York was not a year before uh, the stuff in Wakanda. And so it is messed up now. Yep. Maybe. Kind of. There there are some ways out of this for them. I don't know if they have time to find the ways out of this. Um, Okay. I I told you there was feedback. Let's go to that first. How's that sound? Okay. Okay. Um, Let's see if I can find it here. Michael Withers says, I've given up on the whole it's all connected line. I'm just watching my show that I like and that has precious little to do with the MCU. That's sad. Yeah. Uh, Agent Brian says it was strange. That's about all I have to say. Well, that and the whole connected but separate thing is kind of annoying. Yeah. Uh, and we're with you. We're with you. Um, Agent Dylan. Agents, I hope you saw the article I shared on the Facebook page. Confusing, huh? So here's my theory. Season six takes place in the timeline where 2014 Thanos got snapped. As such, I've decided to call this season ultimate agents of shield. He goes on to say, now this doesn't necessarily mean we won't see the versions of the characters from season one through five. Well, the ones that survived the snap, this is just the point of view. This story is being told from that being said, the teaser takes place around the time of the snap when the window to the multiverse was opened, as mentioned by Fury. I uh, can't talk about that. Can't talk about that because we don't talk about the preview for the next episode. I haven't even seen the preview for the next episode because yeah. I had to watch it on Hulu. So he's, he's suggesting he comes from another universe, though, and says that um, it's perhaps his universe is a universe without S.H.I.E.L.D., which he mentions. He, he, he doesn't know what S.H.I.E.L.D. is. So maybe that's the universe that Cap went back to and married Peggy in, and they didn't rename the organization S.H.I.E.L.D. after his S.H.I.E.L.D. They kept it SSR. And so that's why Sarge doesn't know S.H.I.E.L.D., a universe in which Cap and Peggy rescued Bucky from Hydra, leaving them with the need for a new Winter Soldier. Did you get all that? <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I did hear that um, the old Steve... Uh, from uh, the end of Endgames, I did read somewhere that he is from an alternate timeline. And According somehow to the he, writers, yep. Yeah, and somehow he skipped over and got back to this so-called prime timeline with Bucky and Falcon. <laughs> and that Bucky recognized old Steve from elsewhere, and that's why he didn't walk up to him at the end of the movie, and that's why he just said, Falcon, you go talk to him. Yeah. So... <sighs> I have said this in the past about the MCU. I was hoping they wouldn't go multiverse on us. I was hoping they wouldn't do it. And they are doing it. 
They kind of have to because Endgame has screwed up just so much. I don't for the whole MCU. Yes and no. I I don't. It didn't have to. Even Endgame as it is right now didn't have to screw up anything. But I just feel like we've created these timelines now that come out of necessity. That Agents of Shield season six is a different future than MCU movie timeline is just because of the kind of the, just the way they chose to tell the story. They didn't know they had to, they were going to have to flash forward five years if they were going to follow along with the movie or make the TV show about during the time of the snap, which they could have done. Yeah. But they didn't Um, know to do. And yeah, I have another theory that, or another hypothesis that could write, us out of this this little hole that we're in right now um our crew from that the people that we know from agents of shield before the snap they all survived they just happened to be a group where they all survived yeah and that's that's doable because the group of spider-man's friends all didn't survive the snap they all got snapped yeah. And it's not impossible. I mean, historically speaking, if you go back to the Black Plague in Europe, there are villages that the Black Plague never touched. And there are other villages that the Black Plague completely wiped out. So, I mean, it is possible that randomly you get whole groups that just disappear or whole groups that survive. Yeah. And and jumping one year ahead does give some time to rebuild somewhat. Yes. I just wish they could go back in post-production and add in one or two words to mention Thanos, you know, like we can't show you everything, but we could at least change a line. Benson's line. They could have done that. You know, Mac, as they're looking for these anomalies could have said, is it another snap, you know, or something like that. They they could have, but they couldn't, you know, and, and I don't think that they're ever going to be able to, to go back on themselves now and it's okay. It's going to be okay. It's just a show. We should really just relax. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ah, there's so much wisdom that comes out of MST three K. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I have a voicemail as well. And this is from agent Daniel. Okay. Are you really excited? Are you really excited to hear what Agent Daniel has to say? I don't think you are, Ben. Ben, I'm confused. Super, super confused. So, I mean, I know that there's secrets, and then there's secrets upon secrets upon secrets. But did anyone tell Jeff what was going on? Anybody tell Marissa or Jed? I mean, I know Joss. Joss is out of the loop, but Marissa and Jed, come on. Come on, how about Mr. Bell? Come on, tell him what's going on. One year later? Huh? He? Half our team's not gone? Yeah, I, I mean, the show got renewed basically to create content for Disney Plus. To tie in to Marvel, to, to the MCU. I don't know what's going on. I'm confused. Man, I'm not going to say I hated it, but I'm confused. I have a intellectual dissonance going on here. You know what they call this in the uh, agents that welcome to level seven business? Go ahead. Go ahead, Stu. It's two words. Go ahead. Say it for him. Say it. 
Go ahead. Come on, Sam. Throw it in. Two words. First with a hot. Ends in a, you know, S. It's a hot mess. I don't know. It's a hot mess. I guess I'll be watching next weekend because i got to figure out where this hot mess is going. I'm confused. Poor Jeff. Nobody told him anything. Two One year later. Huh. That's so weird. So, so weird. Yeah. Hey, Kev Dog, get rid of that guy Marvel that's keeping you from connecting these things. Come on. You know, you know the guy I'm talking about. Yeah, he knows too. All right. Well, that's a hot mess. Oh, jeez. Peace out later, bye. Make good choices. Be safe. All that stuff. Ah, oh, what a hot mess. I just cannot believe what a hot mess is. From the original hot mess. If he says that it's a hot mess, you know it's a hot mess. And he's right. It is a hot mess. Well, I don't I don't know about that, but <laughs> <laughs> it's not what I would say. He's the original hot mess from Welcome to Level Seven. Yeah, well. Yeah. Not 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 what I would say. But uh yeah. Yeah, it, it, this is this basically we've been waiting for this moment. We've been waiting for the moment where the movies just said, forget you. You know, we don't care. We're making billions of dollars. I mean, two billion dollars in two weeks. That's a lot of money. And and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is certainly not bringing in that much in advertising dollars for ABC. But, but renewed through season seven. <laughs> I know. And and why? Why is it renewed? Because it's their tie-in. It's they have a Marvel tie-in on network television. And all they had to do is say five years. Yeah. All they had to do was say five years, and it wouldn't change a thing if they said five years and people are getting reunited with the other half. Yeah. Wouldn't have changed a thing. And, you know, and maybe, maybe the spoiler would have slipped out. I don't know. I don't know. Nobody cared enough to look at what the production for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was doing to see if that gave any spoilers for Avengers that I saw uh, online. But, uh, yeah. But then you can't get too worked up about it, you know, because yeah. Okay. I spent years and years dedicating myself to a podcast about the show. I still care about the show. I still love the show. And Coulson is still my favorite. One of my favorite, if not my favorite, uh, Marvel characters, period. Uh, and he's back in the comics. He's back alive in the comics. I don't know what he's up to because I haven't seen any other comics other than the one where they brought him back. But, um, He's one of my favorite characters. And and so we're still enjoying our shows, you know, and we're enjoying the movies and we will see where the movies go. But this TV show is a multiverse already. I think that we are in a different universe with this team, with fits off in the space, you know. They established it last season, because if you remember when they went back to reset the timeline of. the people in the uh, t- that were uh, born in the time loop, they kept living. They did. They did. And we saw that. And then we saw that the agents broke the loop. 
It's just once you introduce this stuff into it, it gets messy and it gets it it gets yeah, it, it gets messy and it can. I'm not saying it will. I'm not saying it does, but it can get lazy as well. And that's my fear as I'm looking at the possibilities across the board. You know, I mean, they've we'll find out where this Sarge character came from, but it seems like he's come from another universe. So I'm wondering if maybe somebody did whisper something to um, uh, Jed Wheaton, Wheaton and uh, Marissa uh, Tin. Tintron. Uh, Tantron, uh, I'm sorry, Marissa. Uh, I'm wondering if somebody whispered to them there are now multiverses. So when they were planning season five, they knew going in that the MCU was going to start a multiverse. Yeah, it's just it gets messy because you have to explain then who is from what universe, what universe are you in right now? You know, as you watch a movie, you can probably say, "Okay, this is in the the movie universe. But what universe is this TV show in? And the whole it's connected thing, I feel like Netflix and now Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., maybe even Cloak and Dagger and Runaways are all just kind of getting left behind for the Disney Plus original stuff where they're actually like, this is the movie people starring in. This is the movie people creating. And and these other shows aren't. And maybe, just maybe, they should have pulled back on the whole it's all connected thing. Yeah. And let Cloak and Dagger be its own thing and let Runaways be its own thing instead of saying it's one thing, but it's it's not. Well, if you think about it, the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, that's Marvel. It's not MCU, but it is Marvel. So, and... Uh, this can also sort of connect the X-Men universe. Yeah, yeah if they wanted to. The the Into the Spider-Verse thing uh, makes it a lot easier to, to fold in, to say, yes. you know, oh, here's uh, – uh, I can't remember his name right now, but I should remember his name because my girls keep talking about uh, – Tom Holland. You know, Tom Holland yeah. doing a voice for a Spider-Man, you know? Well, suddenly – the multiverse is a part of the MCU and suddenly anything could be. Yeah. Anyway, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. So the post credit, not as upbeat as the episode proper, but that's okay because the episode proper, we're still enjoying this. It's still like, this was a good episode that we had here. It was fun. It was different. It set up mysteries. I'm ready to go for the ride. Ready to go for the ride. Yeah. Me too. I mean, I'm I'm still on board for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I'm still watching Cloak and Dagger and the Netflix series, which actually I'm way behind on that. But that's okay because so is the podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm way behind because I'm waiting until we get to it with the podcast. We'll yeah. get to it someday. So I'll see it someday. However... Cloak and Dagger, don't wait. <laughs> it's so good. Get that free week or two from Hulu and binge Cloak and Dagger season one and season two. It's so good. So good. Yeah. And you can watch Runaways with it, too. Yeah. Yeah. And let's see. I don't think there's anything else that's Marvel on Hulu besides those two right now. Well, those are the two original stuff. Yeah. 
I mean, they okay. have they have other stuff. I mean, that's how I watch Agents of Shield. I believe Agent Carter is on there as well, um, which I haven't watched with my kids yet. But we will we'll, we will yeah, we will be getting to it. Okay. Oh, I just realized if Marvel is now starting up this multiverse thing, then that means yeah, we definitely need to cover X Men Dark Phoenix in um, a few weeks. Maybe not as a primary episode, but as an after credit. Well, we'll we will be talking about it. We we talked about all the other X Men movies except it's for. True. Well, yeah, we talked about them all yeah. except for Deadpool. Yeah. We let we let Daniel do that because he's Daniel. He loves we still Deadpool. discuss, yeah, we still discuss Deadpool every now and then. So, all right, <clears throat> my voice is going out, so that means that it's <laughs> time for us to hang up. <clears throat> all right, same here. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Samantha. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. Godspeed. <laughs>